You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday morning, so it's time for What's News with Katie Katapodis, the youngest, the former youngest news editor in South Africa and now the co-founder of Nala Media in Johannesburg, driving through the leafy suburb of Saxonwold, from what I understand. Katie, what was news over the weekend in South Africa? So the goings-on within the Democratic Alliance continue to dominate news and to dominate headlines with the latest report Lindsay, revealing, or alleging rather, that former DA leader Tony Leon approached DA mayor of Joburg, Herman Mashaba, to ask him for a whole lot of business and tenders worth millions. It's alleged that the DA mayor refused to give him this business, and that may now be the reason why Tony Leon has launched this campaign against Muzi Maimani. Because you'll recall, we spoke about it last week, that there was this apparent delegation to go and speak to Muzi Maimani, the leader of the DA, to say, step down. So we are connecting all of these dots as we speak and trying to figure out exactly what is happening within the DA. It has become abundantly clear that Maimani is not out of the woods as leader and his head may very well continue to be on the DA's chopping block. Exactly, and that's the headline in, in bdlive.co.za this morning, Katie. It says here, Musi Maimani's head is still on the chopping block as the DA heads into a federal council meeting on Saturday at which it will decide whether to implement a recommendation by review panel that he step down. It, does, it doesn't look good for him, does it? It doesn't look good for him. In fact, the goings on within the DA are just not great at all. For South Africa, for our politics, uh, it pretty much mirrors, if you ask me, some of the some of the conflict that plays out in other political parties. And of course, it's to be expected because nobody is exempt. And uh, this is politics, after all. Yes, indeed. So politics are dominating. And also on the political front, we've got um, our president, Cyril Ramaphosa. He's in London at the moment. And he, he it's a working two-day visit. And he's heading the Financial Times Africa Summit. He's, I think he's just trying to uh, drum up some business. Now, I've been slightly critical of his anonymity uh, recently, but this is the sort of thing that I think he's very good at. I think so, too. And this trip comes as a precursor to a potential downgrade of South Africa's rating status. And this has got uh, people a little jittery here. Will South Africa be downgraded to, to junk status? But it certainly is very, very important for the president to be out there and to be seen to be out there and calling for investors to invest in the country. It is a very, very critical time for South Africa. Um, the other big news here this weekend, uh, this week rather, uh, Lindsay, is that Jacob Zuma is back at the State Capture uh, Commission in the next few weeks. And tomorrow, in fact, his trial, he goes on trial for corruption, racketeering and money laundering. It's almost like Brexit and trade wars. It seems to have gone on for a long, long time. I mean, it's, a, it's an open and shut case, surely, Katie. Well, I don't think that his legal team will argue, argue that it's an open and shut case. In fact, they were in court last week uh, trying to get the whole thing thrown out of court. The judge would have none of it. And um, the president, the former president, rather, will certainly have his day in court now. I don't think it's open and shut, according to the legal experts, but it's certainly something that needs to be played out, I think, in a court of law. So once and for all... Whatever the outcome, we can actually put this to rest. Yeah, what we can't put to rest is the parlous state of the South African economy at the moment. And we have the midterm budget policy statement coming up, the MTBPS, the interim 
or mini budget, which is going to be delivered quite soon. And yeah, I'm just a little bit fearful that the juggling act that has to be done by Tito Mbueni is going to be a juggling act that even he can't effect. He certainly has a lot of pressure, the finance minister Tito Mbueni, to try and deliver a medium-term budget that instills confidence in the markets and also shows some growth because that is the big area of concern. Of course, we've got unemployment at a massive rate of 29% in South Africa, and that is absolutely huge. So, yes, huge, huge pressure on him. Uh, he's been distracted, though, Lindsay. I don't know if you saw, but he was very, very distracted with the finance minister this weekend. Um, and his lawyers have been extremely busy because there is a claim that he is being extorted. And the woman is trying to get a hundred rand out of him. For what? And the, the allegation is that if he doesn't pay up, she will release uh, salacious and juicy WhatsApp messages. Ooh. Speaking through his lawyer, the finance minister uh, uh, said he does not know who this woman is, and his lawyer has also um, basically said to her, stop contact, contacting Minister Mbaweni, because we don't know who you are, we don't know what you want. So slightly distracted has our finance minister been. Yeah, a little sideshow. Probably an out-of-court settlement, because if there is... The last thing he needs at the moment is a few, uh, as you quite correctly call them, juicy WhatsApps being released to the media. Katie, on the international front, this issue of diplomatic immunity has grabbed the UK and now has grabbed the United States of America. There's a young fellow on his motorbike riding along in a leafy country lane in rural England. His name was Harry Dunn. He's now dead. He was 19 years old and he was run over by an American diplomat's wife. Now, she, by association, therefore, has diplomatic immunity. She was on the wrong side of the road, and she drove for, allegedly drove anyway, for 400 metres and uh, killed this young man. And then she was spirited away by the, the US authorities and now is in America, and she's claimed diplomatic immunity, which, is, of course, she has. Now, I don't know about this. I don't know about the diplomatic immunity rules and whether they should be revised because it just seems it just seems wrong to me. I mean, blatantly wrong. Mm-mm. I've actually been watching the story very, very closely and watched a gut-wrenching interview with Harry Dunn's mother on Sky News recently. It was very, very heart-wrenching. Mm. Um, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. This nonsense is absolute rubbish. Diplomatic immunity, we can do what we want, be whisked away, leave the country and claim immunity and nothing absolutely happens. South Africa has, has over the past few years as well dealt with several of these, of these incidents and stories. Some, some, uh, some accusations and allegations are extremely severe, drug abuse, rape, etc., etc. So I completely agree with you. I think the world needs to come together and go, actually, this nonsense of diplomatic immunity does not give you a license to do what you want. Accidents will happen. I completely get that. We're all human. Accidents do happen, but 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 not to face the might of the law and to be whisked away. Um, yeah, to be whisked away like that, it just leaves a sour taste in all of our mouths. Yes, and what was even uh, sourer was the uh, comments of Donald Trump. He said, well, she's living in a foreign country uh, where they drive on the left-hand side of the road and she's American and she drives on the right, so these things happen, uh, which I thought was incredibly insensitive. Completely.
Um, the other thing that just on, on that note, when I worked in London in the uh, 1980s, the mid 1980s, I worked in a street called Duke of York Street in the very smart area of St. James's and St. James's Square was the centre of St. James's and the Libyan embassy was there. Now there was a protest against your friend uh, Gaddafi who, on whose lap you actually sat and you, you admitted this a couple of weeks ago on, on this uh, on this feature. But anyway... Once upon a time, yes, yes. Once upon a time. Exactly. But anyway, there was a protest against Gaddafi's regime, his, his brutal regime, and it was in St. James's Square in the shadow of the Libyan embassy. Somebody opened fire on the protesters with a machine gun in central London in the middle of the day and a woman called um, WPC Yvonne Fletcher was gunned down and died on on, on the scene, and there's a memorial to her today, but nothing happened. They again spirited this murderer out of the country. So something has to be done, surely. Yeah, it certainly does have to be done. Uh, have you been watching the developments in Syria, Lindsay? It's it's, it's quite extraordinary what's what's going on there because I Yours. saw some very harrowing footage on CNN, and it's unusual for CNN to show something controversial of uh, civilians being uh, Kurds being shot on the side of the road at point blank range. And I, f I found it actually, I found it extraordinary just because a few hundred troops have been taken away that suddenly this war has broken out and now the Kurds have linked themselves to the Syrian government. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. And I do think that Erdogan has got blood on his hands. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I think the actions of the Turkish government need to be widely condemned um, by the entire international community. And, and I do think that our friend Donald Trump, that... Um, small orange man in the big white house, I think he too bears, uh, bears responsibility for what is playing out, the horrific scenes that are playing out in Syria at the moment. Next weekend, uh, KT, Japan will play South Africa. Now, I'm torn here. I have to say I'm torn here. In Rugby World Cup, I'm talking about, of course, because I have a, a great loyalty to South Africa when they're not playing England, of course, but I have this affinity to the Japanese team because of the passion that they've shown and the incredible spirit. And so it's going to be a difficult one for me next Sunday. South Africa versus Japan. Oh, there's nothing Cup. difficult about it. Stop being a baby. There's nothing difficult about it. You will support South Africa. You lived in South Africa. You happen to be doing a podcast with a South African woman as we speak. So, no, there's nothing difficult about it, Lindsay. You will support South Africa, and that's that. If it was Greece against South Africa, what would you do? Oh, no, only South Africa. No, 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 that's not even an option in my mind. It's Ka never been an option. Katie Ketapotis is the co-founder of Nala <laughs> Media, and that was What's News. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.